Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's butt pod one, two, one, one twenty one. Bud pod one, one, two, one, one, two, three, two, one. That was a warm up uh, that I did when I was singing a lot. Did you? It's a school choir warm up, yeah. One, one, two, one, one, two, three, two, one, one, two, three, four, three, two, one. It's like the and then, like, chant of a very unintimidating gang. <laughs> I was about to say the numbers gang, but in South Africa, the numbers gangs are actually terrifying. What? What? Like a postcode gang? No, no, no. They're just they they're called the numbers gangs, and each number means a different thing and has a different rank, and it's all very sort of oh, se- secret and esoteric and strange. And they're based out of prisons. Yeah, it's very weird. Well, so each of the gangs just is identified with a number. Mm-mm. You're identified with a number depending on your role. Oh, that's very organized. It's very organized. It's shockingly organized. It's very you could. I recommend it as a Wikipedia black hole. But you know, but but you know what, Phil? Do you know the only numbers that our listeners care about? What with our listeners being absolutely massive lads? Um, are numbers that look like weapons? <laughs> yeah. Never mind the numbers that look like weapons, Phil. Obviously, those are the most important numbers in the world. The real numbers that yeah. matter uh, for you and me just now, because we're big lads who love football, is two, two, and zero. The number two and zero, not 20, but two and zero uh, in isolation. Two goals to England and zero goals to Germany. It's coming home, Pierre. That's right. That's right. Ger- just, Germany probably Just thought- when we couldn't travel, it's finally coming home. <laughs> Football is coming home and it won't be self-isolating. <laughs> We've had to charter a, a, a special flight, but football is... It's coming home. It's a really small plane with space for one ball, yeah. and it's bringing it home. It's, football is being brought home by a drone, <laughs> which will shoot the ball into the statue of Churchill. <laughs> um, I watched. I just watched the game. It was a great mm. game. Did you watch the game? I did. So good. I did. I watched the game. So exciting. It was exciting. And I'm... It's so weird to see 2-0 in that order between England and Germany. I mean, England hasn't beaten Germany since 1966 in a major tournament, which is that's a long time. There's a long time not to beat a country that I presume you play often. Uh, yeah, England, I mean, I'm full of these stats now after one viewing. England has faced Germany more than any other country in a, in a, in a tournament setting. Yeah, I mean, that must... <laughs> Because I saw a stat saying that this game is like a tiebreaker because they've won and lost over the course of history the same amount of times, and drawn. Oh, really? And drawn too. But then, like, you wouldn't get the the feeling from uh, that feeling from mm-mm. it. Yeah, you get the feeling that it's been very one-sided. But then maybe they're going back to like the nineteen tens, and also maybe it's it's yeah. just that England always fuck up when it matters. Yeah. But we're, we're, yeah, England must have just dicked over Germany. In every friendly. From, like, the start of football until <laughs> 1966. Well, we're pooling our ignorance anyway. So well done to the ball men. Um, and the ball boys are so young. One of them, like, 
Saka is just like he's just finished his A levels. Like they're talking about his A level results. How, it's insane. How the hell? I was saying this um, where I was watching it. How the hell do you come down like from the adrenaline? I mean, if you're like 19 and you just did that. I mean, it sort of suits that age of great excitement. It sort of makes sense, maybe, because, like, there's all... You know, he's finished his A-levels. He's um, he's working on his UCAS form. It's all exciting stuff. Yeah, Saka. but I mean... I, and so, I mean win, so winning against Germany just sort of fits into that. I mean, more in terms of the adrenaline. Yeah. I'm saying chemically, how do you deal with that? Because, like... People, even like old old men of our age of, of 30 and 31, Phil, if we do a particularly good hour of stand-up, then the adrenaline rush will last for three or four hours and you have to have a beer. It's true. It's true. But yeah, but for me, that adrenaline rush is not like, like a humming, unreleasable energy, but it's like a come down. It's, I, I, it's a sort of like loopiness. I go just a bit so weird. Yeah. What? So maybe, and also keep in mind they've been running around for ninety minutes, which is a sort of, a sort of they've they, they've they've spent that energy in advance. Oh, uh, maybe that's it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, there'll be loopiness but, in the streets of London tonight. <laughs> but I've just re- I've just thought there are players in this England national team who are younger than the, the than FIFA the game. Oh my god, yeah. Video game. Not 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 one yeah. of them was even alive when 9/11 happened. Crazy. Coincidence? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think I don't so. think so either. Um now I th- yeah, I think the eruption of global Islamist terrorism I think that that gave a whole generation of us uh, a pessimistic attitude towards football that has presented in England's efforts up to this point but having been born being born after that disaster that tragedy maybe there's a greater sense of optimism yeah maybe people who had to live through 9-11 occurring just thought well what's the point in kicking a ball (laughs) when this sort of thing goes on um but the reason we're recording remotely this time is that i am um semi-excitingly in a tv studio because i'm doing some writing on a show um and phil you are in new york city i'm in new york which means i just watched that england game on espn which feels weird it's like with american commentators no thank god they got english they get english expats um to to come over and do the voices because that would have been just too that would have been gross But like watching football watching football on espn is like drinking a cold drink out of a mug it's like, it'll do, but it doesn't feel right. You know, when you drink like a, a cold cola out of a tea mug, you're like, I mean, I guess it's the same, but ugh, yeah, there's something off. Or um, having a sort of, um, ha- having, having something that normally you need for a, a bowl for on a flat plate. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sort of mm, having a lot of pasta. Super saucy pasta on a flat plate is like yeah. this will do, but it, it's not right. Yeah, the, I know the bowls are in the wash, but this still feels like I should almost wait for the bowls to come out the dishwasher because <laughs> this is so <laughs> perverse. Uh, um, but yes, um, I've been in New York. How long now have I been here? I've been in New York for wow, six days, almost a week coming up. Damn, to about six days a week. 
and I have had so many deli meat sandwiches. Really? I've had so many yes. thin slices of meat. Yes. This is what I want to hear. That is, that is the staple food here. I'm, I'm also in a very Jewish part of New York, so... Oh, I've had bagels. Mm. And my first ever chicken noodle soup. How was it? It was actually lovely. Just a really nice chicken broth with... Not noodle, but macaroni. You know how these creeps over here in America call pasta noodles sometimes? Yeah, just any pasta is noodles. Yeah, not not... I mean... May I maybe give you a pass if it's spaghetti or linguine, but yeah. if it's macaroni. Yeah, if it, if it could be mistaken for a noodle on a dark night. Yeah, exactly. That's fine. But if it could be mistaken for a small piece of piping, then it's not <laughs> a noodle. If it could be mistaken for some sort of whistle. <laughs> if it could be a, 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 a stopgap U-bend for a... <laughs> For a doll's toilet, then it's not a noodle. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, so wait, hang on. It's it's broth and noodles, and I've always wondered: is it what like shredded chicken or? This one was the chicken pieces themselves weren't that great. They were sort of just dry bits of chicken breast, mm. which weren't great. Um, but I'm sure there's variants. I'm sh- you know I'm sure it depends where you go how they put the chicken in. Yeah, I mean New York is as, as we were saying on the last episode, the city of people going like. That that place on the oh, Upper yeah. East Side is a piece of shit. Let me take you to a real fucking bay I almost sent you a picture. There was a bigger place I almost went into that was literally called Jimmy's Bagels. <laughs> was it was it Jimmy's Bagels? I think it was I think it was literally Jimmy's Bagels. Have Have you seen any places that were like trying to lean into the Jewish bagel tradition, like Shlomo's Bagels? There's Cal's, which is near me, which is pretty good. K A L, which seems like a Jewish name. Cal's could bagels. be, and and I mean, presumably, and obviously, you have to say that they are. But are they like noticeably like, wow, these are only available here? Good. Um, I mean, to complete be completely honest, they taste like the New York bagels you get in the supermarket <laughs> yeah, in England. Okay. I mean, what you what you're paying for, I guess, is you know what? I'm not really sure what you're paying for because they're they're just bagels with fillings in them. And I had I had a bagel with. Um, sort of the cream cheese and smoked salmon, which was really, really nice. But there's only so much that can go wrong. Yeah. And and I, I don't know what expertise was really required to put those together, but yeah. uh, they were nice. What is cool is the range of bagels you have in the shop. There's like onion and poppy seed and something called the everything bagel, which has got everything on it. Everything? The everything. You can get an everything bagel. Because this is America. Yeah. Everything on that bagel, from the semen of Napoleon to uh, <laughs> sriracha sauce. They've t- yeah, every flavor, every, every perceivable by the human tongue is on that <laughs> is on the bagel. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? It, it goes somehow. It goes together. It's just a a bagel they've soaked in LSD. <laughs> oh, you'll taste everything. But it's 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 been. Cool here in New York, or should I say, hot? It's blistering. I was right going to say, there's a heat wave, isn't there? Eight degrees. Yeah. How many degrees? Yeah. Apparently t- today, like 37, 38. Like no, it's hot, man. I'm not going outside today because thank goodness New York at least has air conditioning, which London doesn't. Yeah, that's the difference. So I'm not going out. So have you been like hiding from your enemy, the sun? 
Today, definitely. I probably won't go out at all today. The subway is... Oh, I, I had to leave the subway the other day because of a panic attack. It was so hot. Oh, man. And I, like, I paid to go in and it was so cramped and hot and stifling. And I just went, nope. And I just walked back out. It was, it was awful. Awful. You, you don't know how good you have it with the London Underground. Yeah, man. And in New York, they're like, the subway is great. And there's a train like every 15 minutes. Honestly, yeah, every 15 minutes, every station is privately owned or something insane like that. Yeah. Each station is owned by some different company or person. Yeah. It's, it's um, the whole thing. I, I might have to brave it tomorrow. Oh, no. I mean, yeah, you know something's bad when, like, your proper, like, rat-like instincts make you leave before you're even in there. <laughs> yeah. Is it like... Yeah. So you're hiding from the sun, so it's an American werewolf in London, and you're an English vampire in New York. That's right. Yeah, it's a it's an old fashioned uh, foreign exchange <laughs> swap. <laughs> I'm staying with an American family here as a vampire. I'm staying with a, a werewolf family. Yeah, uh, in New York, and uh, their son is staying with a, a vampire family in London. Yeah, and you're both just bonding over like, hey, I love the smell of blood. Oh, yeah, I mean, we like that as well. We like that. We're more flesh. We're more flesh people, but the blood's nice. The blood's okay. The blood's great. We'll la- we'll lap up the blood, you know. Oh well, save me some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Hey, I, uh, mainly active at night. Yeah, yeah, has to be night for us. Yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's got to be night. Oh, you're a night owl too, are you? Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, some, something of a something night owl, life. night bat. <laughs> Um, I suppose a vampire would hate the summer, the short nights, the particularly intense sun. Yeah, that's when the vampire's literally going, there just aren't enough hours in the night. <laughs> just really busy vampire. Uh, I get out, by the time I'm halfway out the coffin, I have to just get back in again. <laughs> just like really, uh, really shit like vampire office banter. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> by the blood cooler Ooh. oh that's an image I love that the bubbly blood cooler yeah it, it, yeah. sure the, the England German match was thrilling but is it a blood cooler moment <laughs> are people gonna ch- are vampires gonna chat around the uh, chat about the England game around the blood cooler that's, that's when you know a TV moment has really made it. That's it. That's it. Where you're at the blood cooler and someone else comes up in a big cape and says, Oh, did you see the game? What a performance. Um, yes. And uh, because the game went well, uh, the press will be temporarily leaving those particular celebrities alone. The footballers. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And Gareth Southgate. Yeah, the press will be saying, okay, we, we're going to pause our, 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 our kind of constant attempt to get you to break down or kill yourself. For now. Well, doesn't it seem like our persistent large-scale bullying has worked? Oh, no, you're right. You're welcome, England. That's oh, right. Oh, no, it's validated this is when, it. This, yeah, this is t- they're going to call it tough love now. <laughs> Oh, this is this is what better proof is there of the effect of tough love than than England's win today? Yeah, no, no participation and, and, medals for these boys. 
and goals like and three goals uh, in the last four games from Raheem Sterling, who has received, from all accounts, the most press abuse of any player. So, I mean, I hate to say it, Bear, but it looks like the more abuse you get, the better you play. So I guess thank you, Daily Mail. I didn't think I'd be saying this, but I'll be the first to, to do it. Thank you, Daily Mail, for today's result. Maybe that's the secret. Maybe, maybe the real friendship was the bullies all along. <laughs> the real friends were the bullies that we made along the way. Yeah. That would be a good piece of reverse tat. You know what's something I've always tried to pass mm. or understand is how... Um, hmm. how the pervasive racism among England football fandom has been able to survive alongside the England national team's overwhelming reliance on black and mixed-raced players. Oh, yeah, it's like the most diverse team you've, you know, ever. But say from the perspective of, say I'm a racist, England football fan. Sure. Which I'm not. Um, but say, um, say I'm a racist England fan. And I really want England to win. Yeah. And they win 2 0. And those goals are from Marcus Rashford and Raheem Sterling. Am I happy or not? Uh, you're definitely happy because England won. And yeah. I think that's the top of the brain of that man. You know, um, the, <laughs> the top of his brain. Is and that, as we all know, the brain works from, from the top to the bottom. Yeah, the brain is like um, an old side-scrolling fighting level where you have to go up to the, the boss at the top. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, exactly. So at the top of his brain, he's happy that England won. But the difficulty here is that um, uh, racists tend to you know, historically and, and now view black people and any, anyone sort of mixed race as like inherently better at physical things. Like that's what helped justify the slavery mm. in the first place. Mm, yeah. So yeah, they, like the racists when they were enslaving black people were already going, they're much stronger than us. That's true. That was never a problem. Yes, for them. that's true. Yeah, and yeah, I guess I've, I have had that thought in the back of my mind too. I suppose that would be that would be how you would qualify it. Yeah, perhaps the real test for racist England fans' resolve would be for England to have a very successful black manager. Yeah, that would be difficult. Yeah, and then th that would be difficult. they bring out the accounting team, and they're all black too. Anything, yeah, <laughs> anything where they couldn't worm their yeah. way out of it racistly. Um, did you see the that? The accounting team, of, England's accounting team has very much dodged the ire of the tabloid press, I have to say. <laughs> I don't know how they've done it. <laughs> I mean, they've, they're absolutely dismal in the accounting World Cups. <laughs> so maybe they're just not on the radar. But um, did you see that amazing article about, um, I think they did it in America first and then they analyzed the language in the press in the UK as well, that like the language used around black sportsmen, but especially black football players is like um, completely different. Like it's always quite animalistic and it's always to do with like brute strength and things. Right. And like they totted up yeah. how often those words are used. Yeah, they totted yeah. up the adjectives and, and, and these guys who are like, you know, doing it presumably completely unconsciously 
are, are like white players would always be like, oh, intricate, clever footwork and stuff. And the black players were like, oh, sheer yeah. brute animal strength. I think I think Bill Burr had a bit about that on, on and uh, basketball commentary. Yes, yeah. In the US, yeah, he had a bit, a bit about that a few years ago. Yeah, terrifying how it's how it's in there subconsciously. Anyway, sure, sure. Do you think you've ever had that? Someone has subconsciously described you in a comedy review in some some weird way. That well, I'm like I'm always characterized as hmm. Sort of nerdy, yeah. Which I guess I I suppose I ostensibly am, but I wouldn't have thought obviously enough for it to be such a marker. And yeah. I guess I got the glasses and everything and whatever. Um, so I think maybe maybe there's an element of that, but not really. I I've not really. I I, nah, I don't think I've suffered too much type racial typecasting. I'd be I'd be happy to assume that a big part of being called nerdy was just like someone's brain just going Asian glasses <laughs> yeah there's, there's definitely that Asian yeah. glasses just over and over again in their subconscious <laughs> yeah but it's also not a completely unfair characterization so it's, it's a hard one mm. I mean to take umbrage with you are a nerd but you're also a big boy who dresses well thank you which is, it's not said often enough, actually, yeah. how how well I dress. Yeah, you well, you well, you dress well in a confident manner, and you're a big, you're a big boy. You're a tall, big boy. I'm tall. Yeah, yeah. And they it's seem true. to, they seem to not mention that enough. <laughs> tall laughs yeah. from Phil Wang. Well, I, I I actually mentioned this in my book Side Splitter, which is coming out September the sixteenth. You can pre-order on on Waterstones. Um, and Amazon. Yeah. But I also, I, 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 I mentioned how... Bezos. Thank you, Bezos. Praise to Bezos. And I say how people always say to me, I, I forget how tall you yeah. are. Like, even people I know say, oh, Phil, I always forget how tall you are. <laughs> and I don't, I swear it happens because I'm Chinesey. I think... Yeah. You know, because there was Yao Ming and that was it. Do you remember Yao Ming? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That incredibly tall basketball player. The tallest Chinese man in history. Yeah. There's ja Yao Ming and that's it. Yeah. And people have forgotten about Yao Ming now and the stereotype has reset. Yeah, yeah. And, and so people are like, when people come up to take a photo after a show, they're like, wow, you're tall. Even though I've just been in the same room with them for two hours. <laughs> I, um, I, I also get that I don't remember you tall or, or you're tall but not as much as you crucially and um i think the stage thing it's difficult isn't it because when you're on stage there's nothing to compare you to because the mic stand is just abstract yeah that's right also people don't think i'm tall yeah. on stage because i'm like as wide as i am i'm like in proportion horrifyingly yeah maybe there's a bit of that for me too because i've got a big head <laughs> i always forget how big your head is <laughs> Yeah, it's a big head. That would be it's a big old honker. That would be interesting. Is you honker. measure all these like TV celebrities and stuff, these actors measure their big old honkers, um, and see if like maybe. I'm sorry, I've got you calling heads honkers. Now. Yes, we're calling heads honkers now. That could be misleading. Um, <laughs> measure measure their head honkers, and then just see like, oh, are you on TV? Because your face is nice and big. Yeah, you look proportional. You're easy to zoom in on. 
There's a, there's a lot to pick up. Yeah. We'll get loads of pixels yeah, yeah, off yeah. your face. It'll be very high definition. Yeah, we've got, we've got acres of face to play with. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. Speaking of my big old honker, I've, I've brought a couple of... Uh baseball caps because i finally i i i'd written off hats my entire life because i got a big head same here yeah until i realized that um you can get xl size baseball hats so i got a couple oh if there's one country where you're gonna find a big old baseball cap you're in it well i actually got these in in london so i i I almost got my new york yankees i I almost got my new york yankees hat because like well i'm going to new york i should wear a yankees hat and i thought "Eh, it's a bit basic isn't it uh, everyone's gonna have Yankees hat, so instead I, I brought my my Phillies hat, which I only got because they're called the Phillies and there's a big P on the front. Yes. Um, and I thought that'd be cool and alternative. People will respect me in New York for wearing a non-New York um, baseball hat. And the second I walked out of um, the apartment building, a guy went, "You're wearing the wrong hat, buddy." <laughs> really? In- instantly. Yeah. Really. <laughs> That's so good. That's Instantly. such a New York First time experience. I wore it out. You're wearing the wrong hat, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. God, you should go out wearing a hat with, um, you know, the ISIS flag on it. <laughs> See what people... Hey, it's the, that's an even worse hat. Didn't I talk to you yesterday? <laughs> In retrospect, I wouldn't mind the previous hat. Put that on. <laughs> I don't see. I didn't with realize the how far this could go. Yeah, I don't see eye to eye with the Phillies, but at least they respect the West. <laughs> me, me against my brother, but me and my brother against my cousin. <laughs> as the, as the Bedouins say. <laughs> <laughs> me, my brother, and my cousin against the world, of course. Of course. Of course. That's the motto of both the Bedouin and the Fast and Furious franchises. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, what's the Fast and Furious ones? Not all families have lots of cars. What's Not the... all families have lots of Some cars, families... but our family does. <laughs> Not all families <laughs> ride around in a monster truck and then jump off a helicopter with a motorbike. Yeah. But this is our family, and our family does it. Yeah, it's a bit clunky, but people like it. People like it when Vin Diesel says it. Yeah, and then and then he slaps his bald head really quickly while saying, "I'm going to put me in my car." (laughs) (laughs) 
People love that. Right. Yeah, my my car doesn't run on petrol. It runs on me. Slaps his head. <laughs> Vin, he thinks cars run on wine. Yeah. Vin. Vin, Vin Diesel is a French person really harshly criticizing some wine. <laughs> well, it's Vin is Diesel. Uh, c'est le vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. Both of Vin Diesel's names are liquids. Yes, and his real speaking voice is very high. Very high. Very high. I think high. that's actually a testosterone thing. I think like high testosterone can result in a high voice, or is that completely made up? I mean, I like the sound of it, because yeah. it's like a nature balance thing, where it's like, you're too big and muscly, we're going to make your voice ridiculous. Because, like, you know the castrati, those singers I do. Um, from Italy, who were castrated as little boys, so that they have these high voices for the rest of their lives, and they became superstars. They were like... Yeah. They were the superstars of their day and fun and weirdly like real, like macho symbols, like sex symbols, even though they had all these really high voices and they didn't have any balls. But it was actually the, they, 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 their arms would continue to grow. They, they, losing their balls really messed up their growth hormones. Yeah. So they would just grow and grow and grow and their arms would get long and spindly like the Slender Man. And they get these weird sort of large torsos. They'd look freakish. But that was actually because of because of not enough estrogen i think because i think your testicles also have estrogen in them yeah and without it and you just so have it's the estrogen that stops you growing i'm i mean i'm speaking from some ignorance but it's more complicated than just like ball testosterone's in your balls and testosterone makes you big and whatever yeah and gives you a deep voice i mean they're probably also sex symbols because women were just like well if there's one guy who's not going to impregnate me and because this is medieval times kill me <laughs> it's that dangly yeah, arm <laughs> testicleless maniac singing for the Pope. And he's all he's famous the and rich. of an orangutan and the safest dick in the land. That's right. They're the safest dicks in Christendom. <laughs> and if, if you can sing well a high voice, I mean, as we saw with all sorts of... Um, Singers, you know, Prince a bit, Michael Jackson, you know, women, women never minded. Oh, hi there. They never minded it. Yeah, that's peculiar, isn't it? Even like modern sort of popular pop songs and R&B songs is all guys singing that high. Yeah. What's that about? Is it just like they're going, oh, I can I, I can be nice. I think, yeah, I think it's showing a sensitive side, right? Where is our Barry White? Yeah, because it used to be Barry White, Tom Jones. That that was the masculine voice. Johnny Cash and Johnny Cash. Yes, Elvis. Deep voices. Um, Pavarotti. All the sex symbols. That's right. And these big deep voices. Where have they? Where's that gone? Has anyone got a deep voice now? I'm sure they do, but they're not showing it. It's the it's the last taboo in Hollywood. There's that. Um, Rag and Bone Man. Has he got a kind a kind of deep voice? That's true. There's like George Ezra. He's got a, a sort of silly Muppet deep voice. <laughs> Maybe it's Rag and Bone Man, yeah. Now put the blame on me. <laughs> what does he not want to be blamed for? Do we know? Don't put the blame on me. Um, having a deep voice. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's gonna sing. He's doing. He's gonna do a cover of "Born This Way" because when he came out, he was like, "Hi, mom!" Like just immediately. <laughs> Terrifying bass voice. Yeah. Do you think if yeah. your, your baby had a bass enough voice, you could hear it through the pregnant stomach? Yeah, I wonder what frequencies carry best through fluids, through uterus fluids. Yeah, that's right. Well, I mean, you think you, deep noises. Uterus fluids had a very deep singing voice. <laughs> <laughs> uterus fluids. That's right. Yeah, beautiful singer, uterus fluids. Oh, nothing flowed like uterus fluids. <laughs> um i'd like to i, I i'm gonna put a, a noise gate on this but if any pod buds can hear like random just like rah, 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 like sort of banging and stuff in the background of my thing i apologize there's busy yes. work to pierre, be done pierre is working on uh on a show in pinewood the home of the home of hollywood pinewood london that's right that's right the home of the carry-on films is it? Yeah. They were all filmed here, and apparently. And James Bond. A lot of James Bond. Yeah. What, what's it like being at the heart of... Well, the heart of cinema, really. The epicenter yeah. of cinema. Well, I mean, between the Carry On film franchise and James Bond, a lot of sex puns have been made where I'm sitting right now. Yeah. That's true. A lot of double entendre. And worse, judging by the kind of things people got up to in those decades. Oh, man. I mean, I can only imagine the type of old school celebrity human trafficking that went on. <laughs> mm. I mean... But um, still, good gig. <laughs> yeah, 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 oh, yeah. Great gig. Um, yeah, all, all, all going well. Busy in, busy in Pinewood. I get to kind of wear a lanyard and stuff, which is pretty cool. Makes me feel like I have a job. Because, I mean, I do for oh, now. Oh, that's so sweet. What does a lanyard say that you can reveal? The lanyard says, dressing room five, please return. <laughs> yeah, nothing, nothing says the high life like please return. Oh, oh, nothing says that highest echelons of showbiz like we will be needing that back. <laughs> That's what they said to Sinatra about his hats. Uh, you will need to dry clean that before you return it to us. Or you'll lose your deposit, Mr. Uh. Sinatra. Oh, the good life. <laughs> That's what that song was inspired by. That's right. He was, he was looking at his please return lanyard and saying, full of fun. <laughs> Some absolutely uh. enormous noises happening behind me. People have decided that the best place to have a big, loud, important conversation is, as always, the corridor. What what have the lunches been like? Studio studio lunches can, if you're lucky, can be Ooh. hit or miss. Ooh, well, the catering. Lucky, uh, this has taught yeah, me. How has it been? This has taught me, Phil, that I have a very institutionalized attitude to food. Mm -hmm. If the food is free and it's from a cafeteria, a part of my brain and its critical faculties is just it just turns itself off. Yeah, yeah. What why did is that because? You regress to being at school mm. where there was no choice. You just have to have what's there. Yeah, I think it's because I regress to being at school and also it's free in the sense that I'm not immediately paying for yeah. it at least. Um, 
and it's just you know from a tray and my expectations are already at kind of like below school level so anything above that is sort of ooh mm. yeah i think it's nice i think it's a good nice mental state to be in to to have some choice taken from you i mean it sounds illiberal to say but i love nothing more than some element of choice just being taken away from me i don't want to yeah. make another fucking decision today exactly just tell me it's potatoes or pasta yes or as they would say here noodles yes and then just one of the two yeah yeah or they just like that's what's great about it. it's like you say like in a in a way one of the most profound freedoms is to not have to have the freedom to constantly think about slowly cobbling together your own fucking lunch mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you just walk into a room and a, a, a person in an apron says it's lasagna today. And you go, great. I like lasagna. <laughs> it's the dream. I, if I, I wish yeah. I had a cafeteria. Like, I, 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 would, I would love, if there was like an office block near me that had a cafeteria, I would sort of approach the office, like the, the, whatever the company was, and I'd be like, look, I'm a freelancer. I just love cafeterias. What, what kind of like monthly f- subscription fee do I need to pay to get access to that tray food? <laughs> I love food and trays. That tray food, you just point at it. That tray food. I point, I point, but I'm a bit too close to the window, and my finger like smushes backwards as I point on the, as it hits the window as I'm pointing through. <laughs> I'm in the street. That tray food. A little, there's a little squeak. <laughs> I just, I just love tray food. And the tray food's been pretty good, but I think I realized that why some of the people, some of my colleagues feel they complain. Oh, really? Well, see, I think in their heads, it's a restaurant. Yeah. And they're thinking, yeah. this isn't like restaurant food. I, like, I think restaurant food should be much nicer. And I'm, I'm, I don't even understand where they're coming from. No, no. I mean, they're assuring disappointment for themselves. Of course. I mean, most restaurants aren't good enough to be restaurants. <laughs> that's true that is true never mind tray food never mind tray food restaurants you gotta these people are cooking food for for 300 people of varying levels of hunger and idiocy <laughs> it's gonna be tray food all the way you have to expect the correct level yeah i yeah well you'll, you'll hear no complaints from me i love a bit of, love a bit of tray food love a bit of tray food although i i ha- i learned Early in my career, the hard way, the dangers of eating too much at a studio. Because oh yeah, I, yeah, I I I'm a like I've said on this before. I'm not an addict, but I'm a glutton. Yeah, and if there's something in front of me, I will just gorge. And I ate a fried rice from Wagamama's that ruined my appearance on Would I Lie to You. <laughs> like, I didn't say a thing on the show because I was just digesting <laughs> char han. <laughs> From Wagamama's. Like a snake. Oh, for two, three. Yeah, yeah. Because your, your body goes, oh, you've, you've eaten like a python. So that is today's survival requirements satisfied. We're done we, now. We don't need to be. Yeah, we're done. We can go to sleep. And the whole time I'm trying to jump off of something Lee Mack has said. But my brain's going, what are you doing? Just go to sleep. And so my body's just... Uh, <laughs> I'm fighting my body the whole time not to go to sleep. And it's t- terrible. My worst TV appearance <laughs> of all. And, and, uh, and it's, it's all thanks to 
uh, a fried rice at Wagamama's, who I don't blame, by the way. I still like, enjoy the occasional Wagamama's. But at that point, I learned it's 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 a Faustian pact. Yeah. Food at a studios. Yeah. And now I get like a sh- and I now and I now intentionally order something that I know I won't like, so I don't eat too much of it, like a, a pasta salad or. I mean, never as bad as baked salmon, but like towards that end of the disgusting spectrum. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you want something light and then make sure that you accept the hourly offer of an enormous coffee. Oh, I can't even do that. You know, I'm a one coffee guy in the morning. Oh, see, I do it because I want that kind of frantic, sweating, hunger energy. Yeah. You know. I, I, really, like, I really liked a tweet you did last summer when it was really hot in London. And you're still making yourself cup after cup of hot coffee. And you said that, I think you tweeted that while you were making that coffee. He was screaming at the sun. You're locked in here with me. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a, which is a great, um, Watchman reference. A great, yeah. Thank you, man. Well, actually, amusingly, so I caught up with your friend and mine, poet and scholar, Ali Lewis. Ah, yes. Who is a fan of the Bud Pod. He's a, he's a pod bud. He's a listener. Hello, Ali. Um, Hello, Ali. Uh, you can buy Ali Lewis's book of poems if you Google Ali Lewis poetry and it'll come up. And I'll try and put something in the description if I remember. Anyway, Ali made the point that last week when we came up with Unfairness the Clown. <laughs> yeah. It was essentially yet another. He said, he, said, uh, he said, you know how you did a thing about how Phil said how you always reference the Joker? Yeah. He was like, well, what is Unfairness the Clown if not just the Joker in disguise? Of course, of course. <laughs> we tried not to say the Joker, but we just did in a different way. Yeah, yeah. Like Unfairness the Clown was the, the working title. <laughs> oh, he's like a clown, but he's so unfair. He's horrible. Yeah, when Bob Kane sat down to, to create Batman, which is a disputed fact. Yeah. Um, most fans actually attribute the, the large majority of Batman's quality elements to Bill Finger, but we won't get into that. When Bob Kane sat down to create the Joker, which maybe Bill Finger did, he thought a clown, but uh, a clown, but what? A clown, but a clown, but he's he's unfair. He's he's unfair. unfair. To he is, if anything, unfair. He poisons the water supply, which, if you ask anyone, is an unfair thing to do. Yeah. If you showed someone a picture of a poisoned water supply and said, fair or unfair? (laughs) (laughs) They'd say unfair. I'd I'd hazard to get, yeah. Yeah, most people are going to say unfair. Ten out of ten times. Most people. Nine out of ten, if not. Yeah. Two doses of Pfizer efficacy of people (laughs) will say unfair. Yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, well, yeah. That's I mean, the thing here in the thing here in the states, Pierre. Everyone's double vaccinated. Like people younger than us are double vaccinated already. Well, in New York, particularly, right? It's state by state. Like if you go to, I think New York particularly. Yeah, I think that's yeah, yeah. I think New York specifically. I think if but I think if you go to, um, you know, anti anti abortionville gun town, then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, those people are going to be the ones least likely to appreciate a brand new injection from, I imagine, a first-generation immigrant. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's like high on their list of phobias. Yeah, that's a big 
no-no in Abortionville. Look, the people of... <laughs> and they have many no-nos. <laughs> the people of Abortionville, Gunton, which is how you pronounce Guntown. Yeah. They hate getting medicine for free. Hate it. Absolutely hate it. If you told them that it, it would cost eighty nine ninety nine, they'd go for it. Yeah. But because it's free medicine, yeah. it's full of communism juice and Mexicans. Mm-hmm. If you told them you have to get the clear, the, the green light from your employer so that you can get this medicine then they're like great this is what america was made for they'd love it yeah exactly 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 if you if, yeah if, if you said you can only get this medicine uh from the nra <laughs> then they'd go this is freedom yeah, they, that's freedom. they have to shoot the vaccine into you with a dart gun <laughs> so it's your second amendment yeah, that's 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 an idea they should sneak little sort of um, James Bond style vaccine needles into the butts of shooting range AR-15s. Yes, yeah. So that when they click the trigger, it it pokes out into their shoulder really quick. Yeah. And they won't even be able to tell. They, the recall is painful anyway. Oh, they won't yeah. be able to tell. This, we should be high by the Biden administration. We really should. Yeah. We really should. Well, I know you're listening, Joe. We know you're a podbud, Joe. We know you're a podbud, Joe. We've seen your coded messages. Yes. We appreciate that you've kept on jacking it in the White House there. Keep on jacking it for another term, if, if possible, please. Four more years of jacking it, Mr. President. <laughs> That's all we ask. Uh, yes. I'm still waiting for the first podbud president. Oh. oh, they say it will never happen, but someday. Yeah, someday. Someday. Well, Phil, you get on with that in New York. I'm going to go try and break into the James Bond uh, uh, filming set and steal Daniel Craig's little blue pants. <laughs> Still wet. Still oh. wet from Casino Royale somehow. They, they've preserved the moisture. Oh, they so will be, Philip. Because it's history. Oh, they will be when you're done with them. That's right, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll, I'm going to go get some uh, matzo ball soup. Nice. And how about them Mets? <laughs> I'm going to go get some tray food. Okay. Um, okay. Keep on jacking it, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. It's, it's coming home, everybody. It's coming home. By which I mean me in a couple of weeks. Yeah, it is how we call Phil. Phil's coming home. Bye-bye. Bye. Keep on jacking it. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. This is Roundabout Season 2, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. <laughs> <laughs> you will be right <laughs> Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> this was, like, wilderness. A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, but you, you were different. Like, you were real different, bro. I can't really put my finger on it. And so much more. Just goes to show that unexpected yeah. things sometimes are the best when it comes to a road trip. 
Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now with new episodes rolling out every Thursday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.